Hello and welcome to Travel Stories with Mosh, the first travel podcast in the Middle East. I'm your host Moshmi, travel blogger and broadcast journalist, and in this podcast, I'll be talking to some incredible travel enthusiasts who take us on a journey to some of the most fascinating places by sharing their travel stories. From breathtaking landscapes and cities to diverse cultures and cuisines, our special guests share their most unforgettable travel experiences while also giving away some of their not so happy encounters, what's hot on their list, and lots lots more. So join me as we embark on this journey together to explore, experience and connect with the world around us. Hello and welcome to the episode finale of Travel Stories everyone. It's been such an exciting ride and I'm so grateful for all the feedback that all our listeners have given so far. It's been truly encouraging and I'm already looking forward to the next season with many more fascinating guests and listening to their travel stories. For this final episode of season 1, I am so very pleased to welcome Rasha Lababidi, who's quite a lady to reckon with. Rasha is the brain behind the concept and strategy firm Meraki and Modus and is also the co-founder of the branding agency Buma Brands here in Dubai. She has collaborated with many industry giants in the region and has also achieved critical industry acclaim which has led her to work across four continents and 30 markets. She has pushed boundaries for women in the region and she dedicates much of her life to mentoring female founders and entrepreneurs and i'm really excited to listen to her travel tales today because i'm certain that she's going to take us to some very enchanting places welcome to travel stories rasha thank you so much for having me it's an absolute pleasure you know i'm so glad that you could make it for the final episode of this season cuz you have really been traveling so you've obviously saved the best for last <laughs> <laughs> but tell us where did you go it was so difficult to get hold of you i had a fabulous two weeks in spain mm-hmm. i did a 10 day vacation with childhood friends in Ibiza Lovely. which is always a lot of fun so a lot of partying and good times and a little bit of shopping and lots and lots of food and then I did 5 days in Madrid with my husband which was fabulous it's a great city of course madrid is always nice But you know what I love that you travel because you like to refuel yourself and not just to escape. So how does travel help you? Uh do you have a process? So travel for me it's really about getting inspired, getting refueled, re-energized. You know, we live in a very very fast-paced environment. And so for me to really take a step back, uh recalibrate, re-energize and refuel A lot of it has to do with a personal level but also on a career level. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly looking for stimulus, inspiration, different places, meeting new people, and travel gives that to me. You know, you've lived across the region and you've lived in Canada as well as in the UK. But I'm excited to know where you're taking us on a journey today. Is it a country, a city, an island? Where- so I'm going to take you on a vacation that I went on a few years ago. Okay. It was actually right before COVID. um was a very very stressful period in my life it was very busy at work and i remember that year my husband asked me 
what would you like for your birthday this year? And I told him, if you could package up peace of mind and give it to me, mm. that would be great. And he came through. Mm. We ended up going to a retreat in Thailand called okay. Kamalaya. Okay. And it was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had for many reasons. Mm -hmm. One it's just absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. The ability to completely switch off, mm -hmm. reconnect with myself, mm -hmm. reconnect with my husband, and reconnect with nature because mm -hmm. you're just in such a beautiful setting. Mm -hmm. Eat well, sleep well, get pampered. I genuinely felt like I was floating. And even now, whenever I'm having an off moment, I kind of take myself back to certain moments or places. Mm -hmm. And that's one I always go back to. Right. So, you know, I know Kamalaya is very popular, but is it really as good as they say it is? It's even better. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. I think there's a real sense of intimacy to mm -hmm. the place. Mm -hmm. Every single person you meet touches you in a very different way. They are very human. It's very unscripted, although it's very premium and obviously everyone's very well trained. But you really feel a sense of sincerity. The food was impeccable. And that's one thing that I always worry about because I love my belly, so <laughs> I need to be fed well. Mm. And I always worry that when something's considered healthy, it's not going to be good. Yeah. But the food was phenomenal and it is worth the hype. Absolutely. It is? Okay. So since you're taking us on a journey to Kamalaya, tell us a little bit more about your experiences there because you went there at a time when you were really stressed and you wanted to kind of de-stress and detox and feel the peace that you really wanted to. So give us a little bit more about your experience there since we're going on a journey to Kamalaya anyway. I think the most memorable is handing over my devices when I first got to Kamalaya, which is an optional thing. And mm. I did it very reluctantly. Mm. It was huge. the most liberating thing that I could have done. Mm -hmm. I don't think we realize just how addicted we are mm. to our devices, social media, and how negatively they can impact us. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they facilitate everything in life. But I don't think you're really able to completely disconnect unless you're physically disconnected from your devices. And then I think the other thing that I really appreciated was the place itself. You're in a jungle, on the water, mm. hearing the waves, you know, smelling everything. It's just going back going, to nature. Going back to nature. And it takes a little bit of time to switch off. But once you do, I actually slept better. And how long did you go for? Because you gave your gadgets away for those many days. I think we were there for about 10 days. So wow. we didn't do the month and, you know, the yeah. silent retreat. I, I wouldn't be able to do a silent retreat. So obviously you hop skip around the world. But tell me, which is that one place that kind of made you realize that you love travel? Was it a place, an object, a person? What was it that made you really kind of realize that you really do love travel? I really think I was born with it. I think mm -hmm. I was born with travel in my blood. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes from being Palestinian. My family comes from a beautiful place in Palestine called Akka, mm -hmm. which is on the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. But I think my love of travel really was instilled in me by my parents. Okay. And I think growing up in the Gulf, every 
vacation, the minute school closed, we would be on a flight going mm. somewhere, mm. one country and one city that really instilled this love of travel for me because they're synonymous with my childhood. So London is one of them. It was always a second home. Mm. And it was always the pit stop on the way to somewhere. Mm. And at the time, it, we didn't have like Coca-Cola. We didn't have McDonald's. We didn't have Hamleys, things yeah, like that yeah. in the region. And so I remember it was the biggest treat to go to London. And it was also, you know, Hyde Park yeah. and Madame Tussauds yeah. and theater. Yeah. And it was just so stimulating mm. as a kid. Mm. Um, it was a cultural exploration. It was, absolutely. Yeah. And then the other place I would say is Switzerland because my parents would drop us off at a summer camp mm. in Switzerland, go off, have a nice holiday and then pick us up and take us somewhere else. But Switzerland was where I got the first sense of freedom mm. and independence mm. at a very, very young age. Where and that's huge. It's massive. Yeah. And that is a big part of travel as well. Yeah. And it builds confidence, mm. you know, the ability to talk to anyone and really connect with people from different cultures and countries. And it's so funny, like, I remember my first day of university. I walk in and I saw someone that had been in summer camp with me like 12 years before in wow. Switzerland. She's still a friend of mine right mm. now. I've been to some incredible places, but Palestine happened at a very pivotal time in my life. And I've always wanted to go to Palestine, and we had this incredible opportunity to go. Was and you hadn't been there at all? Never, wow. never. I'd never been there. I'm second generation born outside. I feel very, very Palestinian, mm -hmm. and I'm very proud of it. It is a magical place, and it's no wonder that everybody wants a piece of it. Right. It is so beautiful. The topography is just so varied. You've got everything. You've got lakes. You've got the Mediterranean. Yeah. You've got mountains. You've got olive groves. Jerusalem is just, you know, I get goosebumps just thinking mm -hmm. about it. And I felt grounded and rooted and empowered when I was there. I really felt like this incredible sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. Which is so important, right? I mean, no wonder you say that it was one of the most pivotal trips of your life to feel grounded, even though it was your very first trip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course, it was difficult at the borders. And as a single woman at the time, got interrogated many times over. But, you know, we went to Nablus. We went to Bethlehem. I'm Muslim, but we went to the birthplace of Christ. It's just such a spiritual place. Magical. It's, it's magic. It's yeah, magic. Yeah. And more than anything, it gave me more strength meeting the people there. Mm. And then a couple of months later, I went on a girl's trip completely different to Mykonos mm. that fueled me to quit corporate and start a business. Mm. Because in Mykonos, I met a group of people that were on a workaway. Mm. And I met them and their energy and their excitement about taking the plunge and doing something for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think Palestine was that first big, big push. And the second push was meeting this incredible group of guys mm. that really pushed me. I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of traveling, the, the experiences that you have. And one thing that I find incredible is when you meet people, like for you, the trip to Mykonos was such an important or landmark trip, should I say, in your life, because it pushed you to do something. Absolutely. You think, you know, Mykonos, okay, you're going to go party yeah. and, and, and all that. Okay. And it is a lot of fun, obviously. Yeah. But for me, the takeaway from that specific trip was, mm. you know, a group of like MIT grads that mm. I met. That Just to look at life from a completely different perspective. And encouraged me yeah. and said, you could actually do this, yeah. do it. And you only do that. You only meet such people, not randomly on a day, which can happen also. But I think travel makes it even more possible 100%. to meet all these different kinds of people.
So now tell me which, of course, we've been to Palestine, we've been to Mykonos, and I know you like London and yeah. Switzerland, <laughs> but which is your all-time favorite destination and why? I mean, I would say definitely Palestine, mm -hmm. but a very close second would be Bali. Okay. And I absolutely love Bali. Say the first time I went was maybe 15, 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. It was a girl's trip, and I love girl's trips. Mm. And one of the first places we went was Ubud. I, I just feel like that place has a magic aura around it. Yeah, that's probably my favorite place. I've gone back maybe four times since then. But in all your travels, has there been any experience which has kind of left you a little unhappy where you've probably said that, oh, I don't want to go back to that place or any experience that has kind of, you know, left a bad taste in your mouth? I would say the two strangest trips, and it's not that I wouldn't want to go back. I think I would want to go back in better times mm -hmm. because it was heartbreaking, mm -hmm. um, were Libya and Erbil. And I went oh. during the Arab Spring time. Right. So there was a lot of turmoil, a lot of unrest, a lot of discomfort. And as an Arab woman, it really breaks my heart to mention two countries in my region mm. because I absolutely love my region. Mm. I think it was a matter of timing. Mm. I felt very uncomfortable when I was in both those places. I remember I was traveling. You couldn't enjoy because it was all the I, apprehension. It was, and it wasn't just me, even like I was traveling with a male colleague and mm. he felt equally as uncomfortable. So it's mm. not about being a woman and yeah. being afraid. Yeah. I think it was just a matter of timing. Yeah. Libya is just stunning. And I hear Erbil's kind of like really become a, a very interesting metropolis. I wish I had gone in a different time. Different time. But of course, you want to go back and experience the good times yeah, yeah, whenever absolutely. you can. I would love to. Yeah. So tell me, Rasha, now, of course, you've been traveling around. We know that by now. But give us that one hidden gem of yours. I think a hidden gem is like right under our nose. And I feel like it's one of the most underrated destinations on earth, which is Sri Lanka. Oh. I absolutely love Sri Lanka. Yeah. When they say it's God's country, it mm. is God's country. Mm -hmm. It is a gem. Mm -hmm. It's just so beautiful. And the nature and the people mm. are so lovely. Food's amazing. Food is amazing. And they've got such a great aesthetic. Yeah. You know, architecture is beautiful. Yeah. So I would say there. And because I'm a hotel fanatic. Mm. I love finding a little hidden gem hotels. And I found an amazing, amazing one. I almost don't want to say the name because I want it to be my no, little secret. No, no, that's the whole point <laughs> of the question. <laughs> uh, but I really fell in love with it. The last time I was in Bali, in Changu, we found this really amazing boutique hotel called Amitis. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Individual villas. I think there was only 12 of them. You know, really personalized service. And this is in Bali. And this is in Bali. Now, I want to know if you could go to three places in one single day. Yeah. Where would you like to have breakfast? Where would you like to have lunch? And where would you like to have dinner? I love that question. <laughs> Put me in any hotel and give me breakfast and I'll eat it. Any hotel and in the world? Anywhere. Because I think what's beautiful about hotel breakfasts, whether it's a luxury hotel or a three-star hotel, whatever mm -hmm. it is, there's localization. Mm. So you're guaranteed to try something that you've never tried before. Mm -hmm. For lunch, it's an agroturismo called Azura in Ibiza. It's a hotel on a farm. And, and it's farm to table. And they grow everything. And the ingredients are just perfection. Dinner. Nothing in the world for me beats 
an Arabic spread. Uh. I would definitely say I would go to Amman. Mm -hmm. And there's two restaurants there that are my go-tos. Um, they're kind of like institutions. So uh, Fakhreddin and Burj al-Hamam or Munir in Lebanon. Okay, so we got this three places. Of course, Russia would like to have breakfast in a hotel and it could be anywhere in the world. But I think the two restaurants that you named in Amman really got me excited for my next trip to Jordan. Anywhere you want to go, just let me know. I, I will, will give you recommendations. I will, for sure. When it comes to food, I'm your girl. Mm -hmm. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> so now because you've been in Dubai for, you know, a very long time, I know you have your favorite places. So what would be your favorite places in Dubai to have breakfast, lunch and dinner? So for breakfast, I would definitely do either Bungalow 34 mm -hmm. or Tasha's. The food at Tasha's is really good. And that's good. the thing. The food is really, really yeah. good. It's breakfast with a bit of a twist. You'll mm -hmm. always get something done a little bit differently, but you know what you're going to get. Yeah. And it's just a nice vibe. It's very light, airy. Yeah. And Bungalow 34, you know, you're by the sea. It's just so pretty. You feel like you're in the south of France. Why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> uh, for lunch, I would definitely say oh, it's Mythos. Okay. You know what I like about Mythos is they have been consistent with their food. Absolutely. It's, it's an old restaurant, but, yeah. you know, they've been consistent throughout with their food. And that's what keeps attracting people to go back. And it's authentic. It's yeah, Greeks it is. making it is. Greek food yeah. that they eat at yeah. home. Yeah. And then the second one, I would say is definitely Orfadi. Mm -hmm. I think it's very difficult to Orfali. take Arabic food and make it beautiful. Mm. It is impeccable. Yeah. And then for dinner, my favorite new Italian is Chic Nonna. Mm -hmm. I love it. And then the second place I would say, I love Rocca. I love how intimate it is. I love the food and I love the service there. Okay. I feel very at home when I'm there. Okay, fabulous. So that was all about food. But surely there are other experiences that you enjoy as well in Dubai or the UAE. So for anyone who's visiting or for all the listeners, if they want to come to Dubai or if they're already here and they want to kind of just go out and do something different, is there an experience that you would recommend? I mean, I would ask them how long they're staying because there's so, so much. much to yeah. do. I mean, I would definitely say you cannot miss Burj Khalifa and the fountains. Mm. To me, it's just such a beautiful piece of architecture. Mm -hmm. The other one I would say is the desert. Mm -hmm. You cannot come to Dubai or the, the UAE and not go to the desert, especially when you're there in the evening. If I was going to recommend like a place to stay and you want a little bit of a staycation, for me, this is really a hidden gem, mm -hmm. is the Oberoi and Ajman. Oh. I absolutely love that place. Uh, of course, the hotel specialist has to give us I mean, <laughs> that it, perfect it, hotel. But it, 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 I have heard good things about them, though. It is really, really, you know, a place where you can go and disconnect. And, of course, the Bastakia. And, mm. and there's just so many beautiful cultural areas, of course, to mm -hmm, visit. Mm -hmm. The Grand Mosque. That's wonderful. Now, tell us what is next on your bucket list. Now, where are you going? On my bucket list, I would say I would love to go to Mexico. Mm -hmm. I've never been to Mexico. I just feel like I would love the the energy there. Yeah. And I feel like it's a completely different culture mm -hmm. that I, I want to throw myself into. Mm -hmm. Japan. Mm. I've never been to Japan and I've heard the best things about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a lot more of India that I would love to explore. I would love to go to Jaipur. Yeah. Um, and stay in one of those amazing Oberoi hotels oh God, as well. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I, I, you know, like the old palaces that are converted mm -hmm. and 
And I definitely, definitely would love to go on a safari. I'm a big animal lover. Mm -hmm. So I would love to go, you know, Tanzania, Kenya. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much. I mean, I want to go everywhere. I want to go everywhere. Well, I really hope you get to go to Mexico and Japan. And But, you know, Mexico is a place that you will not just go once. You'll definitely go back to time and again because it's, so, it's a big country and different parts are so different from each other. Yeah. Like one of my favorite places in the world is Tulum, which yeah. is one little place in Mexico. And it is just divine. It's such well, a beautiful place. Well, from the pictures place. and videos I've seen, it's yeah. like, it's totally up my alley. So yeah, it is. I hope it to would see be. you there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just t- take our little margaritas and go to the beach. <laughs> But, you know, this was so lovely, Russia. Thank you so much for joining us today. And this is the last episode of season one. And I'm so glad you could make it for this episode. I really hope you get to go to all these amazing places that are on your bucket list. And uh, yeah, I hope you keep traveling the world and spreading positivity everywhere. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. I absolutely loved having this chat with you. And I can't wait to hear the rest of the episodes as well, because especially your upcoming ones to see what other people suggest and where I should go next yeah, to add yeah, to my list. Yeah. Keep adding. That'll all be in season two. Fantastic. So yeah. <laughs> Can't wait till season two comes out. Thank you, Russia. Thank you. And just like that, we've come to the last episode of season one of Travel Stories with Mosh. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. I hope our conversations have fueled your wanderlust and inspired you to explore the world in new and exciting ways. It has been such a wonderful journey with all of you this entire season. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And if you want to be the first to know about our next season of Travel Stories, come and follow me on Instagram. I am at Mosh Travels. I would love to know what you think, what kind of travel stories and guests you would want me to cover. You can also find all the episodes and destinations mentioned by all the guests on my website, moshtravels.com. Thanks for listening and until next time, safe travels and keep adventuring.